0: Habits that help and those that hurt your money. We will discuss that and more coming up. No te me vayas. Hola, mi gente querida, hermosa. Thanks so much for being here. This is Jen Hempel, your host. And today we will be talking all about habits. Habits are a part of us. Some bad, some good, and some neutral. Some things we do without thinking, like biting our nails, snoozing the alarm multiple times in the morning. I may be guilty of this, leaving for work and stopping by the coffee shop on the regular. Those are just some example. And why I wanted to talk about habits is because they indirectly or directly can impact our finances. And I want you to have an awareness of this so you can create habits that will help you along your journey and get rid of those habits that are doing the opposite, those habits that are not serving you in any way. But I also wanted to talk about this topic because I have been reading this book called Atomic Habits by the author James Clear, and it's really, really been inspiring, which is what inspired this episode. Empecemos ahora. Let's start off with the definition of habit. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it is a usual way of behaving, something that a person does often in a regular and repeated way. Earlier, I shared with you some examples of habits, but habits can also be so robotic that you do it without thinking. And I'm sure you've had this happen before where you are driving home or driving to some place. And when you get to that place, whether it be home or the destination you were going to, you realize you didn't even pay attention to what streets you took. You think, wait, (laughs) how did I get here? You know, you got there by driving, but the fact that you knew exactly how to get there without even thinking about it, that becomes robotic. And when things become second nature, they can work in your favor or against in your financial life. That's why we need to have this awareness, because if those habits that don't serve you are so second nature that you do it without thinking, how are you going to come out of it? You have to have that awareness, which is one of the reasons for this episode. So for example... If you are checking your balances regularly without thinking, that's a habit that can help you stay accountable with your spending, right? But if you're swiping that credit card or putting an item in your online cart, Amazon or Target or wherever you may do your online shopping and you're purchasing out of impulse because maybe in your mind, you're just like, I don't want to miss out on those savings. I'm sure you've had that happen because that has been me. That habit can impact you negatively, especially if you're doing it without thinking. You're just like, oh, this is a deal. I can't miss out on it. You swipe the card or you put it in the cart and you make the purchase. But it can impact you negatively because if you don't have that budgeted out, that money can put you in a bind. That money that you put on your credit card can put you in a bind because when the credit card bill comes due, you're going to be trying to figure out how do I pay this? How did I get myself in this situation? In this book, it's called Atomic Habits. I've mentioned that before by James Clear, just in full disclosure. I'm still reading it. But Up to this point, I've had four key takeaways that I wanted to pass on to you. The first one was questioning one of the things that he says in the book is you need to ask who do you wish to become? So this was a question that was posed in the book. And James Clear talks about when you want to change your behavior so you can change your habits, one of the layers is changing your identity. In his books, and this is taken right straight from his book, quote, you might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes a part of your identity. I want you to let that sink in. Again, you might start a habit because of motivation, but the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes a part of your identity. So that's a quote from his book. Think about that. You shower, you are brushing your teeth daily. That's that identity you form is that you're hygienic, right? And with changing your identity, you can implement habits that help you. Another thing that he says is that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement and you are what you repeat. If you know And I know I've shared with you compound interest is just the magic of when you invest, right? When you put money away that works in your favor over time, it's basically interest compounding on interest. And when you start early investing and putting that money away, it works in your favor. So basically the habits are the compound interest of your self-improvement. Okay. So if you repeat those habits, you are what you repeat, right? So if you shower daily, brush your teeth, wash your face, you are hygienic, right? By doing this on a repetitive basis. But let's talk about more specifically in money when it comes to who do you wish to become, Maybe right now you may identify yourself to be bad with money or an overspender, or maybe bad with following a budget, or maybe you think I'm just a bad saver, or I'm an impulsive buyer. So the question is, again, who do you wish to become? Maybe the answer is the household CFO, the chief financial officer, even though you think, oh, that would never be me, but a part of you wants to be that because you know you would be in control. Or maybe you want to become a money expert, not necessarily to be out talking on the news or to have a job on that, or maybe it is, but more so to be able to manage your finances better, right? Or maybe you want to become a financially literate person, right? Or a person in control of their money or a financially confident person. Maybe when you ask yourself, who do I wish to become when it comes to your finances? What comes to mind? Those are just some examples that I thought of, but it doesn't have to be just that because maybe hearing your household CFO or a money expert, doesn't feel like it's you right now. You don't want to be intimidated. I don't want you to be intimidated because you can completely be your household CFO. You definitely can be a money expert. I don't want you to be intimidated, but maybe right now it just doesn't resonate with you and that's completely okay, but maybe something else does. So again, those were just some examples. And you can come up with your own answers to those questions. Don't let my examples limit you to what the answer should be, right? Remember, personal finance is personal. And just because I'm sharing some things with you, take what serves you, take it for inspiration, and make sure that you just follow your instincts. Again, Who do you wish to become? It doesn't have to be from that list that I shared. In the book, he uses simple nouns in terms of who you want to become. Like if your goal is to read a book, you become a reader. If your goal is to run a marathon, you become a runner. If your goal is to learn an instrument, you become a musician. But since we're talking specifically about money, I just did my own thing, obviously, right? (laughs) I'm not afraid to break the rules. And if you notice, financially confident person, it's not a simple noun. It's got adjectives, right? (laughs) Describing that person. So just don't be afraid to do your own thing there. The second key takeaway from the parts of the book that I read so far is an exercise about rating your habits. And I love this exercise. And literally, it's taking a moment to write down a list of your daily habits. So what I would tell you to do, yes, do that. But think about your daily habits that are directly or indirectly tied to your finances. So write all those down. Take a moment. You can do that now. You can pause on this episode, especially if you're listening to this. And a time that where you're not driving, (laughs) doing something that you can actually pause and write these things down. So once you write these down, so here's some examples of what they could be. Let's say when you stop for gas, you automatically go get a coffee. Maybe it's checking your account balance before you go shopping. I know I do that. That's become a habit. Maybe it's paying yourself first each time you get extra money for a raise. Or maybe it's splurging that money or upgrading your life when you get that extra money or a raise because you're thinking, hey, I deserve it. Or maybe it's having weekly money check-ins with yourself and your partner or keeping your budget updated. It could be using your credit card without checking your budget. You just swipe it and without a thought. It could be impulse spending on items that look too good to pass up because of a sale. Those are just some examples of daily habits, something that comes frequently. So I want you to take a moment and write what those are for you. It could be some of those from that list. It could be others, right? And once you do that, you go through each, what he shares, his exercise is to go through each. And next to each habit, you write a plus for good or a minus sign for bad and an equal sign for a neutral habit. So, for example, one of the examples I gave is you stop for gas to get a coffee. Is that a good habit, a bad habit, or a neutral habit? It depends on your situation. It can be a neutral habit. Because maybe it doesn't really impact your finances much because you've got it budgeted out. But it could be, in you know, someone's particular situation, a bad habit because maybe times are tight. You're living paycheck to paycheck and getting that coffee puts you over in your particular financial situation. So that could be a bad habit. Let's go with another one. Let's go to give an example of another one that I shared. So paying yourself first each time you get extra money or a raise. That's a good habit, right? I think we can all agree. And splurging money, upgrading your life when you get extra money or a raise, that could be a bad habit or a neutral habit. It just depends on your situation. It could be that by upgrading and splurging that money, you may put yourself in a worse financial situation. Let's say you're in deep in debt, but maybe if you're not, and maybe you're splurging and upgrading your life with that extra money, maybe it doesn't do much because your financial situation is okay. It's in good health, right? So it just really all depends because we automatically think splurge money, upgrading your life with that extra money, we automatically think it's bad. But it all depends on your situation. So definitely take a moment, write down a list of your daily habits as it relates to your finances. Put a plus for good, a minus sign for bad, or an equal sign for neutral. All right? So that's the second key takeaway that I really, really liked was just really assessing your habits. The third key takeaway was about changing your behavior. How do you even do this? Let's say you have a habit and let's say it's a bad habit and you just have a hard time getting rid of that habit. So you have to change your behavior to be able to change that habit. This episode of Herdinero Matters is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. For a long time, I thought McDonald's was all about tempting me with their fries. But October of... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. 2010, things changed. New duty station... Husband was deployed, and I was solo parenting my two boys with no family nearby. We found ourselves at the hospital with my oldest son, and as a mom, I had an impossible decision to make. But lucky for me, the Ronald McDonald house stepped in. They opened their doors for me and my toddler, which meant I didn't have to be so far apart from either of them during this hospital stay. That's when I learned McDonald's was more than the fries, they were about supporting communities. Me encanta. Oh. So he has a framework to use, and it's basically a cue, craving, respond, and reward this the four things. So I'm going to go through this framework with a good habit and a bad habit. So that way you get an idea. Of how this works. So let's say you're wanting to create a good habit of checking in with your money every single week. So the cue part of this framework is making it obvious. So in this case, one example can be you put a notebook or a journal where you will keep track of your progress when you do your check ins in a place that's very visible to you so that it's a cue. So you wanna make it obvious invisible. Oh, there's the notebook in a specific notebook that you designated for your money and for your money check-ins, it triggers something in your brain. Oh, this is where my money check-ins. The second part of this framework is the craving. Make it attractive. In this case, in this example of creating this good habit of weekly money check-ins, you want to go to a place that gives you joy. Maybe it's a coffee shop, maybe it's your porch or deck, or maybe it's a special cozy room in your house. What do you need to do to make it attractive? Is it drinking a special coffee, wine, tea, is it putting some nice music in the background? You want to ask yourself, how can I make these money check-ins that I typically dread, how can I make it more attractive? All right. So the third part of this framework is respond. You want to make it easy. (laughs) So how do you do that? You want to pick a day and time that it's easy for you to do. Like Maybe after Saturday morning, after you have had your breakfast, maybe for you, if you don't have little ones in sports, that's like a downtime. And so that could be a good time to do your check-ins. Just look at how do you make it easy for you? Pick a day and time that's just easy. That is a no-brainer that doesn't really stress you out in doing it in this day and time. And the fourth part of this framework is reward. You want to make it satisfying. So, in the case of weekly money check-ins is logging your progress. So if in that notebook, you can have create a chart or print a chart and put it in your journal or in your notebook. Where you can mark off, "Oh, on this date I did my money check-in," and then once you or color it in and you're going to see those marks and you're gonna feel good, right? So you want to choose in this example what progress you are measuring. It can be like as I mentioned, as simple as marking down each money check-in you do, or it could be something else, something else that you do during your money check-in you choose because you're the one in charge. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Of course, I want you to take control and do this on your own terms. So that is how you use the framework to create a good habit. How do you use this framework to break a bad habit? So let's say this bad habit in this instance, is using your credit card without checking your budget. So let's say we've already decided this is a bad habit for you or me. So again, the first part of this framework is the cues. Instead of making it visible and obvious, we want to make it the opposite. We want to make it invisible. So in this case, it could work I'm breaking the rules here, <laughs> I cannot, making this my own or making this in a way that makes most sense for finances. So I wouldn't necessarily could be you can make and make it invisible is by putting away the credit card or hiding the credit card. Yeah, that could be a way, but other ways could be, but it might not be a realistic Maybe you use a credit card for some expenses that you know you're going to pay off. It just depends. But another way is you can make the budget visible, right? Or some way to remind you to check the budget, maybe even a sticky note on your credit card. That could be a way. So it's not making the credit card invisible, which is an option, but what can you make visible that triggers you to check your budget, right? To check in on your finances before you use that credit card. The second part of this framework again is craving. So they say to make it unattractive, right? So how do you do this in this case of breaking this habit of using the credit card without checking your budget? It could be writing a note of how going over your budget affects your progress in detail. Maybe something happened in the past or most recently that was painful for you and your household. So write yourself that reminder of what happened and why it was painful. That could be a way to make it unattractive. There could be other ways, but that is just something that I thought of for this particular scenario. The third part of the framework is make it hard. Maybe hide that credit card. In your case, maybe that's what would work best. You instinctively know what will be best. If that's saying, yes, I need to hide that credit card (laughs) because that will be the only way I will not use it, then do that. Another way could be to take cash out that is literally just for splurges but doesn't impact the money that you need for bills. I know this, again, I'm breaking the rules here, a little bit of this framework, but I'm just thinking outside the box as well. So it could be, again, you take out the cash that's literally for splurges and doesn't impact the money that you need for bills nor does it make it go over your budget. So in this case, you have to check your budget to be able to do this, right? And the last part of this framework is reward, is make it unsatisfying. So for this particular habit that you would be breaking for using a credit card without checking your budget, it could be each time you use that credit card without checking your budget or your money, log it, log it somewhere so that amount of marks especially if you you have a notebook where you're basically logging in everything that has to do with finances what however you're doing it that could be unsatisfying because maybe you see 10 check marks and you're like ugh this is not good and that's going to trigger to not do it okay so hopefully you find that helpful. Again, I gave you two examples of how to create a habit using that framework and how to break a habit. And we were very specific with financial habits. The fourth key takeaway that I liked was stacking the habits. He calls it habit stacking, which is when you pair a current habit with a new habit. And the first thing that he talks about before he talks about habit stacking is being intentional. And so he actually has what he calls an intention formula. And so you want to implement this where it basically goes like, I will, and you insert the behavior at a certain time in, and you insert the location. So let's say that the habit you want to create is checking in with your money. Regularly. In being intentioned, this would look something like this. I will check in with my money during my coffee at 8 a.m., sitting in my favorite chair. And you can create this how you want. These are just examples, and I'm hoping it is striking some inspiration. And so that is how you are intentional with creating a habit, right? Again, is you want to. Say something like, I will, and you insert the behavior that you're wanting to create a habit out of. In this case, it's checking in with your money. For this example, at 8 a.m. during my coffee, sitting in my favorite chair, right? So you are being more specific. And when you're being more specific, you're more apt to do this because it's very clear what you're going to be doing instead of, I'm just going to check in with my money yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound too exciting. But if you know you're doing it with your coffee at 8am while sitting in your favorite chair, that's more memorable. Right? It's going to stick in your brain, especially if you're drinking coffee at 8am and you're sitting in your favorite chair, and you had already <laughs> said you were going to check your money, right during this time, but you're not doing it. Chances are that you will because you're drinking your coffee, it's 8 a.m., you're in your favorite chair, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I said I was going to check in with my money, and it only takes a few minutes, right? I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you, this show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to share with a friend and give us a quick and honest review gracias y te mando muchos abrazos and in stacking the habits so how he calls it habit stacking it looks like something like this after the current habit you will do the new habit Right. So you already have certain habits. So let's say for you, you're a coffee drinker like I am. The habit stacking can look like after I pour my coffee, I will take five minutes to check my bank accounts. It can be as simple as that. I think this just makes it more memorable. And the more specific that you are, it gives you more direction because I notice too, when I plan my week or I plan my day, when I'm very specific about the task, I'm more apt to get it done. Because if I just say podcast episode, what does that really mean? (laughs) Right? I know is to work on a podcast episode, but what about it? Is it outlining the content of the episode? Is it prepping an interview? Is it recording? So you need to put the detail behind what you're doing. My goal here, I hope that struck some inspiration. I hope that you got some golden nuggets. I know I did, and I have reading this book, Atomic Habits by James Clear. I will have the link in the show notes if you choose to purchase the book or you can go to your local library and see if they have it there. My goal again for this particular episode is just to get you thinking about the habits that you have currently that impact your finances. But at the same time, I also wanted to get you thinking about the habits you want to create. Or maybe in listening to this episode, you thought, oh, I need to create this new habit. So let me know what your thoughts by sending me a DM on Instagram. I promise I will respond to you and I love hearing from you. I do encourage you to use what we discussed today with your own copy of my resource called The Daily Dinero Ritual. If you haven't downloaded it, you can do so for free at jenhemphill.com forward slash ritual. And next week, we will be meeting some brothers From Guatemala, who decided to change their financial history and trajectory of their family. There's actually three brothers, but we're going to be talking to them, young millennials, and they will share how they're changing that trajectory in next week's episode. So don't miss it. Bueno pues, that is everything. I really, really appreciate you taking time to join me to tune into the show, to support the show, you can check out the show notes at jenhemphill.com forward slash 286. Remember being the reina of your money starts at this very moment simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Ciao!